Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Jedi Eternal, a Star Wars podcast. Today is episode 48, and I'm your co-host, Braxton Taylor, here with Andrew. I have way too many references to call him today, so I'm just going to say, Bolin. <laughs> I was going to say, Andrew, when does this man even go to sleep? Andrew, the host with the weirdest drinks. Andrew. <laughs> the, it's all anyway. fitting. It's all fitting. It is. Anyway. Anyway, turn yourself down. You were clipping way, like, oh, really bad. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I have in- uh, high energy. High energy. <laughs> you were never that loud when we tested the mics. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Listen. Listen here, um, you fake Star Wars fan. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Oh, we got to hurry. We got to hurry and finish the podcast so I can go watch Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Yes. And anybody that, you know what? I don't have to defend myself, okay? When I was... Talk, I'm trying to go to bed. I have to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. And this dude's texting me at like midnight. <laughs> He's like, why didn't you text me back? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I have to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. And then I'm like, oh, I texted you back. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And look at like, there's my text reply. He's like, well, you texted me the next day. I'm like, yeah, four hours later. <laughs> You're still clipping really bad. Okay, well, I am yelling. I am okay. yelling. Okay, sorry. Sorry, yeah, everybody. Sorry. So calm down, uh, first no. of all. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. Um, no, I love not. Lord of the Rings. I'm just mad that I can't go with you. He's gonna go. He's gonna go see it in IMAX. They're yeah. They're premiering it in IMAX with the new like 4K remasters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he's excited. gonna go see Fellowship of the Ring tonight. I, I think maybe hopefully next weekend we're gonna go see um, uh, the two towers together. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll hopefully that they'll they'll have it in the, the in Indiana. <laughs> we'll yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, I I don't expect you to text me back. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, most of the time, yeah, most of the time at midnight, you're still sending me things. That's so, not always, that's not most of the time. It happens, most, but it's not most of the time. It's most of the time. But you're wasting but, my time right now. So anyway. <laughs> well, and, that, that, and, and there comes in the next thing, like, you know, next week when we're watching, going to go see the two towers together. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That is a very important time for us to make Listen sure. Listen how like we... he's drawing out his <laughs> words. Yeah, just get out of here. Okay. <laughs> anyway, for real though, uh, we do want to say real quick uh, before we get into our news and our, our regular routine. Uh, those of you who participated last week in our one year anniversary uh, events, uh, we had our, our one year anniversary uh, episode, and then our one year anniversary live stream the next day. Well, actually, it ended up being the same day. Actually, now now that I say it, but uh, honestly, we just want to thank everybody so 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 much. Uh, for watching, for participating, uh, getting into that live stream. It was a blast. We had a really great time. Um, I think the, the, the live stream just hit over 800 views, which is amazing. Um, and we, we thought about even boosting it to get some more and stuff. Uh, but during that, if you weren't privy to what all happened and stuff, uh, we did get to do a bunch of stuff. We get, did a book giveaway, um, which the book just shipped out. So, uh, Guillaume, if you're hearing this, uh, it's coming your way, man. I did send you a message, though, as well. Uh, we did a merch reveal, a merch drop, uh, and we, we dropped did. our store. Um, we got a couple sales off that, which is awesome. Uh, we dropped our fundraiser for Jedi Eternal 2.0, um, mm-hmm. and that's there's some got some donations on that. So just a lot of awesome stuff. And if you all would like to check that out, it's in our link tree. Um, we have all that, and plus we have all of our uh, on Facebook. Uh, we have those posts and stuff. So anyway, just want to say once again, thank you all so much for your support and help, and uh, and indulging us on our one year anniversary. <laughs> Yeah, and like we said, 
um, in the live stream, you know, we, we waited a year before we ever asked for any money or anything. Right, uh, right. That was something we really wanted to make sure that we did. And now a year has come, and now we are just um, just throwing our hands out begging there. For, begging for, groveling, groveling Literally on our anything. knees, just begging <laughs> you guys for all of, the, all of your money. No, just yeah. <laughs> well, it is true to some degree. No, but um, in all seriousness, though, and, and those of you who may have questions about that, like this is not, we didn't like, oh, we're going to wait a year to ask for money because, uh, you know, we're going to get a following and then finally ask so we can make this our, our full-time job. Well, no, that's not good. We didn't expect that to happen. But when we asked for, like, you know, fundraisers, merch, stuff like that, we're doing that to build our funds for equipment. Yeah, exactly. New cameras, new um, mics, things of that nature. We would love to have a decent camera to mm-hmm. to use so that um, that you guys can can see it well and right. it can be a and, – and also not, not even just for people that are already watching us but for – um, future um, potential people that might watch us, you know, as most of us are, we're drawn to uh, quality. And so, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. if you see a video with a high looking quality, then of course you have more likely to click on that and yeah. watch it. Right. I mean, you already so. have good quality content. You just yeah, not need ex- good quality. Ex- uh, exactly. You know, video. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, for all, uh, in all seriousness, we're so, so, so thankful. We're super glad to be a year into this. And then now yeah. we're continuing yeah. on, man. We're our, going to our second yeah, year. Our you goal know? for Jedi Eternal 2.0 is a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, that is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but a good camera is going to be anywhere from eight to 1300. Hundred dollars, yeah, depending like, on what we end up depending on what stuff, we choose yeah. to do. But if we want something that's really going to uh, to benefit us, it's going to be something around that. So yeah, <laughs> uh, we are we're right around like uh, I think it, last time I looked, it was like eighty five to a hundred dollars, which is yeah, awesome, which is amazing thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but again, we would we would love if you guys wanted to pitch in on that. We'd yeah. be uh, very grateful for it. Yeah, and it's it's ongoing, so there's no weird time constraints or anything like that. So right. um, anyway, if you guys ever have the chance uh, and want to support us, we would absolutely absolutely appreciate it and the merch is also all attached to that um if you buy something on that merch store we will um make some money from that yeah so not a ton or anything not a ton but we do make some and so all of that helps us as well yeah and there is um more merch on its way i actually Mm -hmm. have not checked i think it's all up now i I think i think it's all up you think it's all up now i believe so um, I might look at that right now. Yeah, you can go ahead. I was gonna say I think it's all up, but uh, but yeah, on there when it is all fully up, we'll have uh, men's and women's t-shirts and premium t-shirts. We have a premium unisex hoodie. Um, we have hats, mugs. Uh, I think cl- uh, like face masks, um, stickers, buttons. Um, I think that's it for now. Uh, but we want to kind of curate what we put out there. We didn't put like a billion options and like stuff people wouldn't even want. Like we want to make sure that what we have up there is what. It's definitely not all on there still. Oh, is it uh, not? So I'm going to have weird. to look into that because okay. it should be on there by now. So we'll, 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 we'll look into it. All the basic stuff like T-shirts, hoodies, um, hats, things of that nature, that's all going to be on there. Uh, it's all the extra stuff that that like cups and stickers and things of that nature that uh, doesn't seem to be on there. Anyway, so with all that being said, we just want to thank you guys for supporting us. If you want to continue supporting us, you can through our merch, through our fundraiser and all that stuff. Or if nothing else, just continue being faithful listeners, and that is reward enough for us. Yeah, and our merch store has eight more days to get 15% off as well. Oh, so. yes. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, uh, you'll have seven more days because uh, you'll oh, get true, this next true. day. Uh, seven more days to get 15% off all your, like any and all purchases on there. So, yeah, so cool just stuff. tap redeem. Um, I think it says redeem. It does, when you- yeah. And that will automatically apply that to your cart. And we've already gotten somebody who's already gotten a hat. And they got it and they tried it on and sent us a picture. Uh, and that was Billy Cosso. Billy, if you're listening to this, 
huge yeah. thank you for your support on that. It, it, it looks great on. Yeah, him, it looks so. good. I mean, he's a handsome dude, but the hat's even it's the cherry on top. Yep, the, you know, it's just a cherry on top. <laughs> now he's even more handsome. Dude, right. So. Good anyway, for him, good for him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very glad for him. Very glad for him. So thank you all for the support, and we're going to get into the news and get to our schedule now. Um, but so the very first news piece for the week is actually regarding The Mandalorian. We all know it. We all love it. Great show. But what's awesome is that now Mandalorian has been nominated for, quote, the best drama series at the WGA Awards and the Golden Globes, which is a huge deal. A huge deal. A Star Wars television show, only in its second, coming out of its second season, is getting nominated for best drama series at the WGA and Golden Globes. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and there, you know, I don't, I don't follow that a whole lot, so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna pretend that I know <laughs> what all, um, you know, what what shows get awarded and stuff like that. But I just, I just know that the Golden Globes has been a huge thing for television series and things of that nature. So big kudos to to John Favreau and uh, all of the crew there with Dave Filoni and all of them. Uh, it's been a great show. I'm excited to see if they win. Yeah, and you know the thing is, it's like Star Wars has kind of always struggled to um, to mm-hmm. get any rec- recognition in the awards side of things um and so the fact that this is considered um in the running for for a for best drama right yeah it's the best drama series yeah that's pretty big so that's a a huge nomination um, i i I hope they win it that'd be awesome (laughs) but yeah congrats to all them for even just being mentioned yeah it's great that's awesome all right we can go on to the next one okay yeah let's do it um our second news story of the day is an update on Kenobi. This has become like a weekly thing uh, between that and <laughs> and uh, um, also Knights Old Republic. It's mm-hmm. kind of becoming a weekly update. And we do <laughs> right. have something coming for right, the Kotar right, 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 as well. Right. But talking about Kenobi, uh, Ewan McGregor shared an update in a recent interview. And things like it looks like things maybe got pushed back a little bit because he is now saying that they're going to be shooting in late spring mm, interesting. Um, and so it also said they're not shooting it in la hmm. or no we are they are shooting it in la I was gonna say, like, they're not shooting it in boston which i guess some people were claiming it was going to be shot in boston hmm. that's a very um, bizarre place to, to yeah to, yeah to so he was that. just clearing that up <laughs> he was just letting people know like it is being and he also went on to say that yes it is um they are using a lot of the same technology that the mandalorian yeah. used which we've heard about oh, before I mean, we talked about it before like of um, course why not yeah you know? so again it's not really anything that we don't already know or haven't heard but it's just kind yeah. of a reminder that this is this is happening oh, yeah. and it's just maybe being pushed back slightly more but they are going to be starting production by late spring. So. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's awesome that the confirmation's there. I do think it's kind of a little disheartening sometimes to know that it's being pushed back even further. Uh, but hey, I mean, at least not pushed back another year or something like that, or even like late, you know, third or fourth quarter of 2021 or something like that. That's, right. Oh, yeah, it's pushed back, but late spring. So that's always awesome. Yeah. And super excited to see that come to fruition. Uh, but our last news piece for this week is for all of you nerds out there who plays Fortnite... <laughs> <laughs> now, for real though, uh, if you guys play Fortnite, there's actually a very a new reveal that's came out that the new uh, Star Wars in-game cantina will be in Fortnite. So I'm not exactly sure how that's going to happen or not. I don't know if you have more on that, Drew. But I know that recently they've been bringing in all these quote-unquote bounty hunters, and one of them was the Mandalorian. Dinjar and it brought in uh, Baby Yoda as well. Uh, so them having and they've already had several of the sequel characters and stuff. So having an in-game cantina will be very interesting. 
Yeah, so as as you know, they brought in Mando into Fortnite and uh, as yeah. a part of this new season. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. Guys. Yeah, I'm know. sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> as part of this new season, they've now added a new playlist called Mando's Bounty. Mm, and basically go around eliminating players who are your bounties and you're tracking them via bounty pucks. And um, the player with the most um, kills at the end gets a Beskar umbrella. That's like the reward for it. Mm, but with all that also comes a, a new cantina. It's called Kit's Cantina. And so it's like a, it literally looks like a cantina from the Star Wars universe. Yeah. You can go in there and, and kill people or hang out. Or <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you guys whatever do you, Whatever you Fortnite kids do in there. I don't know. <laughs> Create mass genocide. Who knows? I don't know. Do your silly little I mean, dances. Tax I don't. fraud while you do the twerk or whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Honestly, though, with all this coming out, I, I'm I might have to get. I mean, Fortnite. let's let's be real. They're not going to the cantina. They're gonna be outside cantina building walls. And I know. Like, <laughs> you like blink three times and you hear a couple clacks on their keyboard, and there's like a 16 story mansion. And it's like, dude, I can't compete. I can't compete. Yeah. Anyway, uh, now that's why I stopped playing it. But anyway, I might download it again because that's that's sick. I mean, well, on all in all honesty, though. when Mando came, I did download it. Oh, you did. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've played. I've played Fortnite here and there throughout the time of its since it's been released with yeah. different people and stuff. I've never been a huge fan, but when Mando came, I did download it just to get him because yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, why not, you know, why right? Not? Support Star Wars um, stuff. I mean, come on. Yeah. So, but anyways, uh, so if you're interested in that, I guess go check it out. And, yeah. Um, it's coming yeah, soon. There's, it's already there. Oh, it is. Yeah, oh, it's already. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's already it's there. Right so, now. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool stuff. It's just cool to see Star Wars and stuff like that, but. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and move on. That will conclude our news for the week. And then now we're getting into our rumors, which is a very new update for KOTOR. Uh, apparently there is a new rumor that the uh, the developer Aspire will be developing it. Um, Drew, do you have more on that? I do. Um, so, you know, we've been talking about this for a while now, about every week we have an update. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've also been uh, discussing the um, the developer it was was unknown for this. We weren't sure who was going right. to be developing this. And anyways, they have now started to uh, have rumors about who is going to um, be a part. And I don't know if you remember this developer. The developer's name is Aspire. And yeah. if that may sound familiar to any of you, it may be because you have played a game from them. And the way you've done that is Aspire is were the guys that did the Knights of the Old Republic, or they ported Knights of the Old Republic to iPhones. Okay, there you go. So they already have experience with the game. Exactly. You know? They have yeah. an experience. Yeah. And, and everything, or I don't know about everything, but a lot of the games that they have worked on have been bringing um, older games and porting them to newer things, a lot of times mobile. Um, and I know they have... I, I wish I had a list of, of the different games they have done, but I don't. But um, actually, they just recently ported um, Knights Old Republic 2, I believe, onto iPhone. I believe it is now on mm, iPhone. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, now... I have not actually looked that up myself, but I have heard that it is on there. 
I could be spreading false information. <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's in the uh, rumor section. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I I have high hopes for this. If this truly oh, yeah. is the yeah, developer absolutely. that's doing it, if Aspire is doing it, we know they have they already have knowledge of this franchise. Um, they they understand this franchise mm-hmm. clearly. And I think they might have the building blocks to mm-hmm. to start to create a new one. Do you have a list over there? Yeah, I looked up. So currently, Aspire's catalog includes popular games such as Sid Meier's or Meyer's, I can't remember how to say it, Civilization VI, uh, and then also Nintendo Switch, Layers of Fear, Observer, and Torn, and then re-releases of LucasArts titles such as Star Wars uh, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, and Star Wars Jedi Knight Jedi Academy. So they did the the re-releases for those. But also, it's interesting to do Civilization VI. Um, you know, obviously it's not the same game style, but it could give them the scope of something as big as KOTOR uh, if they were to do, develop, uh, you know, a new a new version of it or maybe try to remake it or remaster it. So, I mean, hey, I, I'm all for it. Um, clearly, as you said, and I mentioned, you know, they have experience with Star Wars games. They have experience with that style, that era. And furthermore, they have experience with the, the exact game. So. Yeah, well, I'm looking at their list right now. It's actually, like, insanely long. Oh, okay. Like, the stuff they have done is um, quite impressive, the amount of stuff they have here, and including um, some, looks like maybe porting some Borderlands stuff over and uh, lots okay, of civilization. Cool, cool, cool. Um and there's something else that I saw that was kind of a bigger one. Well, of course, all those, um, the Jedi Knight series, they ported those too. Right. Um, it Star City. Wars Racer. So, yeah, they, they, they have a lot of... Now, you know, most of these are not games they have created themselves. Right. right. And that is where, that's what I want to bring to you the next question about this. Does this mean this is a remake or, I mean, or, sorry, not even a remake, a remaster, I guess I should yeah, say. Yeah, Is this a remaster instead of a brand new <clears throat> Knights of the Republic game? So, I mean, to me, that's what it's appearing like. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what it appears like, if nothing else. I mean, I, I would definitely say so. Um, you know, because they have a lot of experience in, in, in porting games and things of that nature. <clears throat> so I could definitely see them doing like a remaster. Like I said, they, they did Civilization VI, which looks beautiful. Um, but here's the thing. We talked about last episode, I believe it was, that if they were going to do a remaster, I think they would have to change this fighting style to appeal to these newer generations of gamers. Um, and even even for you and I, we didn't even ever love that, that, that style. But looking at that all that they do, which is porting a lot of these same style games over... Um, doing Civilization, which is a turn-based, mm-hmm. right? They have a lot of turn-based experience, and that's like yeah. like 90% of what they've done. So if it is going to be a remaster, it does appear that it's going to be like a strict, legitimate remaster, like combat and everything. Now let me bring a little more into this for you. Um, they say here that also part of this rumor is that they've been recently hiring a lot of Bioware's old developers, that really? have had left the uh, the the company. Yeah, but they have been going through and hiring some of these these guys that were a part of Kotor. Okay. okay, and on top of that, they also are saying that Aspire currently does have several games under development. 
but in, but one is considered a major ongoing game development project with an approximately budget of 70 million. Ooh. That is important. That is expected to become an important um, title for the entire group. Very interesting. Yeah. So I think that it could be looked at both ways here. This could be a completely, entirely brand new Knights of the Old Republic, or this could be a remaster. And I think it all depends on what Lucasfilm wants out of... Right, right. Because you have to think whatever this ends up being will be considered canon. And And so that's where things get tricky. Do we want a retelling of, of KOTOR that is... That is just kind of uh, shined up, and maybe some some things taken out of it, some things added, but it's still right. basically the same story uh, for a new audience, for a, or a newer, you know, younger audience, you know, right. type deal yeah. that haven't experienced it. Or are we wanting to completely just make a new story that, in a sense, would almost be more of a spiritual successor because it would not be a, it would not be a continuation of what sure. we know of yeah. KOTOR, but it would be basically a brand new KOTOR, maybe not even involving the same characters and right. just be a completely new thing in the, but honoring what came before it. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot to think about. Yeah. There. Well, I, <laughs> clearly no, um, I was going to say, you know, I, I, I don't think that Lucasfilm games has the stones to bring back how do I say this? The bring back the original characters, the original you know story with maybe a few changes and make it actually canon. I just don't think they're going to do that. As much as I think we would uh, would not think, as much as we would want that, it's not probably going to happen. So it's going to be one of two things. Like you said, if you're going to make it canon, then they're going to have to go with a new story. But B option is that they could completely just strictly remaster. It's not a reimagining, blah blah blah. It's a straight up remaster of. Um, Kotor, and they could probably get away with saying that's not still not canon. It's just a remake of an older game that that was you know fans loved type thing. Uh, I think I have to be one of those two. So basically, I'm saying if it's going to be a strict remaster, if they're kind of probably find a way to like work their way out of canonicity, <laughs> whatever the word would be for that. But if they're going to try to make it canon, then it's going to have to be something new for sure. So. All right. Well. Uh... You know, we'll keep updating you guys as we hear new things. Uh, yeah. This, like I said, this kind of seems to be something is trickling out about this uh, every week. Um, Jason Schreier, who is a very highly esteemed um, game, uh, what's the word? Uh, um, Reviewer, reporter, reporter. reporter. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was looking for. He or journalist or however you want to say it. Yeah. He uh, he. Somebody asked him, is this the developer that you were hearing? And he just put, hmm. <laughs> like, and so um, <laughs> I kind of think that actually means it's probably is who he's been hearing because otherwise he probably would have been like, no, that's not it. Right. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> I think he would probably just straight up call it out. Yeah. But since he goes, hmm, with an exclamation mm-hmm. point, it makes you, uh, yeah, makes you wonder. Yeah, I'm not going to come out and say it. But, <laughs> but we'll move on for now. Uh, again, we could talk about that for a long time. But oh, yeah. For the, for the sake of Braxton's time to watch Lord of the Rings, we, yeah, must, well, we must hurry. This is important stuff. You know? um, I'm going to pause here to <laughs> your face when I said that. You, just hurry up, okay? <laughs> well, I just want to pause here to, to let everybody know that I'm drinking a van- vanilla. Our sponsor for today. <laughs> vanilla Coca-Cola with coffee. Yes. First of all, that's gross. Single, no one cares. 
Well, you mentioned it earlier. You said I had a weird drink. I did. And so I just want to let everyone know <laughs> that it's vanilla Coca-Cola with coffee. I'm just letting you know, at an hour, Coca-Cola I'm leaving. Coca-Cola so taste blended with rich, luxurious <laughs> coffee. Um, it's yeah. very good. It, it's much mm-hmm. better than you'd think it would be. Huh, Honestly, okay. I was kind of, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. You should try it. Just, just remember, at an hour, I'm I have, I have two more <laughs> in the refrigerator, but I'm not offering you one because I want them for myself. <laughs> well, I don't want your Coke coffee anyway. <laughs> Weirdo. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Star Wars The Bad Batch, seemingly set to start airing in spring 2021. Again, yeah. Guys, this is a lot of rehashing, but with slightly updated information. Right. Um, we've been hearing for a long time now. This is supposed to pop in the spring sometime, but we're kind of starting to get uh, maybe a little more information towards it. A press release from the official Disney D23 website indicates that in the spring issue, because they have a, a magazine, um, will feature content or that ma- that spring issue features content that is set to arrive before that period ends mm. and will feature the Bad Batch. So with all that being said, that still implies we're getting the Bad Batch in spring. Why right. will they not tell us the release date for <laughs> right. this? I, I think they're trying to create some wiggle room if they need to move. But yeah, then kind of setting it in magazine is like you're dedicating yourself to this quarter of 2021 like it has to be within the second quarter which ends you know towards the end of the spring you know so it has to be somewhere in there um now whatever whenever that's going to be obviously that's up for debate um but yeah i mean we've all said that there's been rumors about that for a long time that was kind of just the common understanding but then now that they're putting this possibly in the magazine i mean although this is and that's why i put it in the rumors because it's it's the state the fate has not been sealed but it is as close as it's probably going to get in my opinion yeah yeah, I I don't understand it. I wish they would just tell us when this is going to be released, but I am still very hopeful that we're getting this sooner than sooner rather than later. Right. Agreed. And I don't know if they have a specific um time they plan to I I almost wondered could this is the bad batch big enough to get a trailer like in the Super Bowl? Mm, I mean, part of me says no. I'm going to say no. But again, I mean, the Clone Wars did very well on Disney Plus, right? But Clone Wars is bigger than Bad Batch, and it didn't get a, a, a Super Bowl spot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's where I look at it. I mean, dude, seriously. I mean, Clone Wars season seven, which is like the revival of Clone Wars, mm-hmm. the actual ending. Like, I mean, if that I, didn't get a Super Bowl spot, I'm sure Bad Batch is not going to. I, I'm with you. I just, I'm just trying to find some reason why they haven't shown a release date yet. I just don't really get that, uh, especially if it's coming within, you know, I would say uh, at this rate, maybe April or May, right? I mean, I would imagine so, um, yeah. I, it's just weird that we're not getting any kind of of release date or, or hype for it yet, but... Yeah, I agree. Um, it is it is very odd. I mean, I, I, I again, I think more than anything, they're probably just trying to create that that room for mar- like margin for error. Like, oh well, if something comes up, we don't want to promise it on this date, and then due to regulations and blah blah blah, we can't do it, and then everybody's disappointed. I mean, more than anything, I feel like that's it. And then yeah. second to that was maybe like production issues, like whatever that may be. I don't know. So I don't know. I don't we'll know see. either. <laughs> All right. So our I final. I got really close to the mic. Yeah, I was like, whoa, what are you doing over there? Um, hey, how you guys doing? That's <laughs> another episode another. of Jedi Eternals ASMR. <laughs> 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 
Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's, let's, let's move on before we uh, disturb our listeners anymore. Um, <laughs> They've all left. Yeah, <laughs> they, they're all gone. Anytime yeah. ASMR happens, like our, our listenership just tanks. Anyway, so our final rumor for this week is that Chung Huang Chung, and I apologize if I mispronounced that, but is uh, reported to be the uh, principal cinematographer for the Kenobi series. Um, so there's been a lot of drops about the Kenobi series and more things coming out. Uh, you know, we, we've got some character, or not necessarily character, but actor drops in the past. Um, rumors about who's going to be directing, and actually we got confirmed on the director, of course, which is Deborah Chow. And then now we're getting some, uh, you know, drops on who the cinematographer is. Now this isn't, in my opinion, a big news piece or a big rumor, I guess more more appropriately. Um, like per- personally, I don't really know, you know, Chung Hwang Chung's like line of work. But I just I think we want to bring it up more than anything just because it was very good to know that there's rumors about this is still going this is still happening that this even though uh, production has in filming is starting to get delayed there's still things happening in the background so yeah and he is um, a an accomplished and award winning cinematographer so that's always encouraging to know it's in good hands um, he's done The Handmaiden and Old Boy Hotel Artemis Zombieland Double Tap. Okay. Uh, Last night in Soho and 2022's Uncharted. Um, Interesting. So he's been involved in a lot of high end projects. Yeah. And so I think what might be kind of cool is to watch maybe some of the, some of these movies to get an idea of how how he does things. Like I mean, yeah. I mean, since he's the cinematographer, you know, you can kind of probably see his style right. inside the yeah. movies. And you might be able to get a glimpse of how he might style some of the things with Kenobi. So I agree. I agree. All right. So without further ado, I think we're going to go ahead now and move into our releases. Yes, we're going to move into releases. And we have one comic issue for you coming this <laughs> this week on Wednesday. All faithful. Darth Vader issue 10. Uh, Darth Vader comic series is the best. So I would <laughs> encourage you guys oh, yeah. to go and read those if you haven't yet. Seriously, it it is some of the best uh, Star Wars content you can get, no doubt. The and oh, it's yeah. important. It is not a throwaway story. Um, neither the stuff going on in Darth Vader or Star Wars For sure. are throwaway stories. They're actually very vital, I think, to the Star Wars universe. So go and check those out. Um, a big, big uh, drop on Star Wars comics last week. I actually just finished up all of those last night. Uh, good stuff there. Um, the High Republic Adventures 1 was released. Uh, I read it. Uh, I feel the same way about it as I do the other adventure <laughs> stories. It just did not you seem... Love it? <laughs> it yeah. did not seem as important as everything else in the High Republic so far. Right, right. Uh, it was cool to see Yoda more involved, and um, he's, he's, he's like... You get a lot of images of him in this, so you can, mm-hmm. but he's like more bald. Oh, okay. Instead of instead of like a lot of the white hair, he's he's just more bald in this, and he stands straighter. But other than that, it's, <laughs> it's Yoda. Yoda. But, <laughs> gotcha. But yeah, so cool. All right, so without further ado, we're going to go ahead and move into our Q and A section, and we're kind of just finishing up with. All, I didn't have a Q and A post this week because we had like three or four questions uh, prior. We just want to clean up all of our previous ones to make sure we're caught up. And so next week we'll have a fresh new uh, batch, hopefully, if you guys send some in. So we're going to go ahead and start off with the very first question for the week, which comes from Alex Mason, who says, what Jedi Master or Sith Lord would you train with? 
So instead of, instead of saying or, let's say and, because I think both of us, we, we both know who our answer would probably be for Jedi Master. Um, now I have kind of an alternate sub, which is not going to be surprising for you, but let's also talk about the Sith Lord we train with. So for me, I don't think it's any surprise, and I think it's probably the same for Drew. The Jedi Master I would want to train with would be... Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, I just want to give that suspense there because, you know, I didn't know if you guys would know that or not. <laughs> Andrew, who do you think? Who, who would be your Jedi Master that you would want to train with? Oh, yeah, it'd be Kenobi. Um, really? I thought that would be Jar Jar. <laughs> oh, anyway. That's only Alex Mason. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Still throwing in the heat. <laughs> Can't even defend himself. <laughs> Can't even defend himself now. <laughs> You're going to make us lose one faithful man here. <laughs> So, I'm just kidding, Alex. <laughs> um, obviously, I think for both of us, Kenobi's a big one. We, we we love Kenobi. We always have, always will. And I think overall, I think would be a good one. But that's kind of a cheap answer. Um, but again, my secondary, secondary... My second one's cheap, too. It's pretty cheap, too. What would your second Qui-Gon one? Jinn. Oh, that's actually not my second one. Okay, so who, who would be... My yours? second one would be Yoda. Okay. I mean, that's... I, yeah, I could go with Yoda as well, but I just, I just love Qui-Gon. And I, I love his teaching style as well. Um, and I well, think yeah, for sure. Yoda for me depends on when you're training with when him. When you're training with Yoda. Yeah. So when would you train with Yoda? Mm. That's a good question. Probably the High Republic. Okay. Now that we have Yoda okay. in the High Republic, I'd probably yeah. train. Because that's what he's doing. Like in the High Republic, he's he's taken like a hiatus from the from the council. Like okay. he's not actually like the way they they talk about it in the book so far is like he's not really involved with council meetings unless he has to be. Like sure. it has yeah. to be something really bad for him to get involved. Otherwise, right. he doesn't even like he's not even a part of the meetings. See, he's off just training kids. And that's and that's see and that's when I yeah, I would love to trade with I would love like Yoda would probably be my number 1 if I trained with him at that point almost. Um but see cuz initially knee jerk reaction would be either A it would be training with Yoda during the prequel era or during the OG trilogy. OG trilogy, he would be awesome to train with him, but yet he's we're isolated in Dagobah. You know, he has a lot of, you know, regrets and things he's struggling with. But then training with him in the prequel era, he's, you know, kind of clouded judgment. He's he's doing things that a lot of people don't agree with in, internally. Yeah. So I love Yoda, but I think that's why he probably wouldn't be the one initially I'd want to train with because he does struggle with a lot of stuff. Now, but in High Republic, he's at his my opinion, he's at his prime. I would imagine. I haven't really read about much about him yet in this, but, um, but you know, less less clouded judgment, less uh, you know, dogmatic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's. It's definitely a a, a good time to to be trained by Yoda, and uh, yeah. he's he's and he's all about training at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be the best time, probably. So. Sure. So now, what about a Sith Lord? What Sith Lord would you want to be trained by? Hmm. I think I know. I think I know who I would say. Well, well are two. we counting? Are we counting canon only? Uh, are we saying canon no. only, or are we going into canon legends? Eh. What are what's what's I'm our what's our thoughts here? What do you think? He didn't specify, so let's just we'll go with everything. 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 Yeah. Okay. So for me, my my two like my main and alternate would be two again horribly generic characters. Um, but first of all. Uh, part of me would want to say Vader, 
because Vader's Vader. But at the same time, uh, we do know that that he didn't really train anybody as as a Sith Lord, right? Because the closest thing to training was with the um, Inquisitors, but he hated the Inquisitors. So... He, you know, I'd like to say him, but the problem is Vader hates everyone. So see, right. I would not choose Vader because I'd be afraid Vader would just want to kill me like every other second. But then again, we're training with Sith Lords. So well, I know I mean, that's going to be a risk. We're running, willing to take it on mm. any of them. Now, my secondary was going to be Darth Revan. I would have loved to train with Darth Revan as well because he has kind of the light and the dark side. He has, he's very powerful. He has a lot of battle experience. It'd be interesting to go for, with him as well. So what, what are yeah. your picks though? What are your picks? Hmm. I I think my first pick. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you two. I'm gonna give you one more of like canon for, that we know for sure of, and then more legends. Okay. Okay. My my canon. Or well, no. I guess they're both can be canon. I'll, I'll tell you why I'm a little antsy on that. But okay. But first off, I'll say um, probably Dooku. Ooh, that's I didn't think because, about that. That's a great point. Because Dooku, yeah. well, first off, he was a Jedi, and I don't think Dooku ever reached the pure evil that some of these other, yeah. which you know he did, of course, get killed. And I know he was a Darth, but he's is he considered a Sith Lord mm-hmm. as well? Okay, yeah. I didn't know if we, we was classifying him as a yeah, Sith Darth Lord. Ty, 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 yeah, Darth Tyranius. Tyranus. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's yeah. I mean if you get the name, you if know, you get the Darth title, I guess you're yeah, a Sith Lord. So exactly. Yeah. So. Um, I would say he um, would be the one because I think that he had a lot of good intentions as we've as we've learned throughout. Right. I mean, of course, he it kind of grew into a darker and darker state, but I think um, that part of him truly did want to see the galaxy uh, become a better place, more so right. than just wanting to rule the galaxy, and. Um, so yeah, I think that would be probably my first pick. That's a great. It's not Palpatine because Palpatine just backstabs literally oh, yes. everyone. I mean, so it, it, within right. just a couple of movies, you had three apprentices. So would, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm good. Palpatine's <laughs> arguably the the most powerful of of all Sith lords. Ooh, um, arguably, here's an alternate: older Darth Maul would be interesting. Mm, no, no, I wouldn't want really. To do Darth you still Maul. wouldn't no, Darth, Maul. Darth Maul's too crazy, man. I know. I agree. I do agree. <laughs> but I'm saying like older Darth Maul. Yeah, but even the older Darth Mauls. Well, is... he's still crazy, but just not as bad. <laughs> no. All right. I, so who is your? Um... Uh, my other one would be would be Bane. Okay. And the reason okay. I say that yeah. is based off legends. The Bane we know, um, again, kind of sometimes was was not too bad of a a person, and. I think he did have a lot of wisdom. Right. And uh, I think that would be someone you could actually learn a lot from. Yeah. If you were a Sith. And so I think Bane would be my second one. But the reason I say it that way is because we don't truly know how Bane really lived his life right. or the kind of right. character he was in canon anymore. So. Right. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of, I think we went pretty in depth with that one but they're not really good uh <laughs> really good um really good answers though i mean i think i think there's some pretty interesting ones uh, yeah i'd have to i have to say uh, now that you mentioned it, i wasn't even thinking about it because i was just answering this on the fly but yeah count dooku would definitely be the best one to go with if, if you had to be under sith lord for sure he's definitely the most level-headed like yeah he was evil sometimes but yeah anyway so cool stuff well i, I like i'm curious uh, alex or anybody who's listening what you who you would want to train under i think that would be uh, interesting yeah. if you guys want to comment that 
So our second question comes from Brandon Dukes, who says, uh, how does Maz Kanata end up with Luke's lightsaber? And that's a very good question, and I'm going to answer it the best I can, and I'm going to have Andrew either confirm or deny this. Okay. But basically, <laughs> as of right now, we don't know for sure. So as we know, in, and this is kind of like mini spoiler alerts, but it's been out forever uh, now, but the, you have the Star Wars comic line. And in one of the more recent, uh, in, in this most recent arc, uh, basically they had, when Luke got his hand cut off and the lightsaber fell, right, essentially there was some kind of like transient figure. Uh, I don't know if it's a force ghost, whatever, right? We, I don't think we had this revealed to us yet. Um, but uh, some figure in a hooded cloak grabbed it and and then luke later on like finds this out um and he has these visions of this person having his lightsaber or this this you know force ghost or whoever it is so i i I, the long and short answer is i don't think we fully know how she gets it yet but i do think that the star wars comic or this comic arc is going to answer that um obviously we have doc ondar um that he's a big he's a big scavenger, and then Maz Kanata gets a lot of stuff from him. So that's definitely a big part of it. Um, so maybe maybe somehow later on, uh, uh, Doc Ondar gets it and provides it. We know that's how she gets. Uh, that's how she how how she gets C three PO's arm. Um, and as we read in Force Collector, the book Force Collector, probably one of the only Star Wars books I've read in a very long time. <laughs> 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 that one, I'll reference it. But uh, Doc Ondar gets C three PO's arm. Maz Kanata has it, and then the the uh, main character in Force Collector is able to touch it, and blah blah blah, right? But uh, so I would imagine the answer is probably going to end up being Doc Ondar gets it and gives it to her. But as of right now, I think we're going to get much more clarity through this new Star Wars comic line arc. Drew, anything to add to that? There's a a short story that came out um, called The Perfect Weapon, and it's rumored that potentially what that perfect weapon that's talking about is, is Luke's lightsaber. And in that story, there's this, this, uh, this woman that you actually see in the, in Moscow's castle as you go by, she's the one that alerts. She uses, she alerts, uh, other people that raise there, whatever, Mm, and causes all the natural. Anyways, um, she, she, I guess like, the story. I actually haven't read the short story, but I've heard about it. I guess she gets some some kind of package and brings it to Maskana's castle or something at some point, and and eventually, um, a lot of people speculate it's Luke's lightsaber, and that's how Maskana gets it. Okay. See, but then how does she get that package? Where did the package come from? You know. Right. And so, and like I said, I think this comic line is going to help us get a little bit better understanding of that. My opinion. Yeah. So. We know that Luke is eventually going to have more interaction with I don't I don't think I'm gonna say anything more about that storyline just yet. Maybe at some point we'll talk about it, but I don't know how many people have have been staying um the comic itself has kind of moved on from it right now, mm-hmm. but it hasn't I, I assume it's gonna go back. And touch more on it, so I'm I'm skeptical to say anything just yet. Yeah, gotcha. Um, about the character who has grabbed the lightsaber. Yeah, but there is a character that has grabbed the lightsaber, and they have revealed that. Oh, character. they did. So I, I guess I haven't read that one then. I need yeah, to so read it then. Uh, but I won't say anything about that just yet. We'll come back to it and talk about it at some point because, like you're saying, I think we are going to get 
of course, more information as it reveals um, itself. because it's kind of yeah. it was only more a teaser right now than anything. And I think we're going to eventually see uh, more come from that. So that's okay. all I'll say for the moment. Gotcha. All right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Brandon, I hope that kind of answers your question, which right now this, it's kind of a non-answer. Um, <laughs> we don't fully know. My best guess is that Doc Ondar gets it like he did with C-3PO's arm and, uh, you know, and gives it to Moscanada, who's gathering all these artifacts. But there is some kind of, of, of character that does end up grabbing it after he loses it. So as this comic line ends, we'll find out more. So our third and final question it comes from Alex again, and that is, when lightsaber fighting, do you all prefer to, prefer to use one lightsaber, two sabers, or a dual-sided uh, lightsaber? So when I was younger, I always fought with one. When, I, when me and Andrew would have our epic battles and stuff, we always we both fought with one. But I think in my mind, I always loved the idea of dual lightsabers, like uh, like two of them, like one in each hand, not dual sided, but one in each hand. I love that, and uh, I always thought that was like just the best um, method. I don't know why. Every every Star Wars game, I always uh, dual wielded lightsabers. I don't know. Now I uh, d- did end up utilizing the dual sided lightsabers a lot in Jedi Order or, or excuse me Jedi Fallen Order but I think that's just kind of because it was limited to this, that or single single and I you know I'm saying so um, obviously I think it does depend on the style that you use so styles you know or forms one through seven um, but and that's getting kind of deep into it but just for my own personal preference I just always grew up loving dual wielding lightsabers Drew what about you well I'm with you I loved dual wielding i love the the look of it i just think all of that's really cool mm-hmm. and um and of course we always did as much as we could when we when we had four <laughs> lightsabers limited, yeah. but it was like you know it was a kind of a rare moment when we would yeah. actually have four lightsabers to be able to do it but <laughs> right but there were times where we did and we thought we were awesome yeah we did um, we definitely did. <laughs> but i and, and and even like in video games if it'll let me dual wield i do that a lot uh, like in like uh, national republic and stuff mm-hmm. But I had to say, I think if I were truly like a Jedi, I'd yeah. probably just have one. Yeah, yeah. I think I would do it kind of the just more standard way. Which there's not a lot um, of Jedi that do a wheel. We obviously we see Ahsoka. Yeah. Um. Obviously, like Saad's Ventress is not a Jedi, but um, she's one of the other ones we see dual wield. But other than those two, there's not a whole lot of other ones that even do. Sure. Because there is a. Oh, <laughs> The evil, evil hellhound is uh, ruining the podcast. Sage, stop it! No, sorry. Oh, there's Who's here. I don't know. This is okay, going crazy. On. You okay. just keep talking. Oh, I'll, I'll try to talk over this. Anyway, but I will say that uh, as he wrangles in the hellhounds here, uh, you might close the door after you get out. Okay, never mind. He won't. Okay, so anyway, anyway, uh, sorry for the disruption there, but you know, with, with dual wielding, so having one in each hand, it, it takes a significant, uh, more like a significant amount of skill, right? I mean, just in just in real life, just with an untrained fool such as I, you know, whenever we uh, tried to play together and, and beat each other to death with uh, lightsabers when we were younger, I mean, it's it's much easier to control 
a single lightsaber and hold it and wield it and then especially facing someone else with it one but trying to get two it's hard to con- coordinate both hands and stuff like that so uh anyway yeah that's it's, it definitely takes a lot more skill um that's for sure um but yeah i mean i i definitely agree with drew i, I don't see having a, a dual-sided lightsaber like like uh darth maul's and stuff i i don't see anybody having that except for like maybe him and honestly, I think that kind of came in as a shock factor more than anything in episode uh, one, Phantom Menace. Uh, honestly, I don't see like hardly any other characters having that, um, except for I think like what maybe I could be wrong, but I want to say maybe Temple Guards might have them. Uh, so I could be wrong on that. But um, to make a very long story short, I, I think I would have to agree with Drew and uh, that, that having one would definitely be like how I would actually do it, but I do kind of prefer the dual wielding because it is pretty, it's, it's pretty sick. It's pretty cool. looks cool and things of that nature. And I'm kind of rambling right now because I'm waiting on Drew. He's still not back in here yet. So, and the, the, the dogs are barking again. So, um, we're actually going to go ahead and conclude our Q and a for this week. We actually did have another, uh, set of two questions, which is uh, from Alex. He had one talking about Darth Revan versus Palpatine who would win. And then we had one actually from JB that says who would win Darth Bane versus Palpatine. So it's interesting. I don't know if you guys got kind of inspiration off of each other or one or the other. Um, but that's kind of a longer question and I'm actually running short on time. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and try to answer this next week. So I was going to do it this week, but we're going to try to do it next week. So apologize, you know, for having a whole nother week. If you're not hearing your questions answered, but once we get that one, those two done together, cause I think that'd be a very interesting and, uh, very lengthy topic. Um, but I think we're going to go ahead and try to get into that, uh, next week as we're going to get into that. So that's going to c- conclude our Q and a for the day. Um, so a lot of great questions. Um, I'm excited to uh, kind of finish all these up and get all caught up and we'll have a Q and a post for next week. And we're going to get into that, have some fresh questions and then finish up with that last one with JB and, and Alex about Palpatine versus, uh, Revan and then BAME. So, uh, so that concludes our Q&A. We're going to move on. So still waiting on Drew. So in case you haven't, <laughs> haven't heard him, that's why. So we're going to go ahead and include on. So our main topic for this week is actually going over to do the review of the High Republic Light of the Jedi review. So um, what we're going to do with that is um, I-, I will be completely honest. And it's taken this long because I haven't read it. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, I'm a couple chapters in and I still haven't read it. Um I had some unexpected. Yeah, I know. I was struggling here, man. I was fighting for my life over here. (laughs) My apologies. Anyway, so we we uh, we went through finished Q and A. Now we're on main topic. So, yes. Uh, And so anyway, so we're gonna go through over the review of the higher uh, higher public light of the Jedi. We're gonna have a spoiler free review, and then uh, I'm gonna let Drew take over and do the spoiler review since I haven't completely read it yet. So first and foremost. from what I have read, I think it's a very fresh take. Um, you know, it's it's gonna obviously in a completely new era, obviously. Um, so that's a that's a huge kind of benefactor to that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's gonna give it some freshness and newness. But you know, we're starting off in a new era. We got some new characters, and we're we're explore. What's cool though that ties in is we're exploring familiar topics, but as if it was new which is a very interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you start off in chapter one, which we've already read it, so I'm not going to feel too bad about talking about it. But um, but chapter one, we see where um, the captain of this this transport ship, right, is talking about um, uh, uh, light 
light speed traveling, stuff like that, right? Uh, light, and uh, this isn't that, like right in my face. Anyway, but that's like really new to them, right? Like in, in the prequel era and OG trilogy and stuff, you, you, you know, they've completely mastered it. That's just part of traveling. But but in this era, it's like really new. And it's kind of like unknown and dangerous and only like the kind of risky people take it. So it's really cool to see that freshness and newness brought into this, this you know, uh, universe that we know so well. Yeah. So, so overall, Drew... What is your thoughts, overall thoughts, on uh, non-spoiler, on the book um, for Light of the Jedi? I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's, I would say it's now, right now at least, uh, one, of my, one of my favorite current canon Star Wars books. Yeah. Um, part of that, of course, is the new era, so there's a lot of mystery to that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, a whole new set of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about the Jedi, and also, one of its greatest strengths, I think, is it's very easy to read. Right. And sometimes right. Star Wars books are not easy to read. <laughs> right. Sometimes they can right. be very technical and very heavily detailed. And they get into all of this, uh, I guess in a sense you could say, Star Wars talk, mm-hmm. where you're talking mm-hmm. about this ship and that ship, and it just gets over Oh, overbearing yeah. sometimes. Yeah. When you got stuff like, I mean, you have that side of it, and then also you have stuff like Timothy Zahn, who's just, as a writer in general, has very specific yeah. detailed yeah. writing, even outside of like the Star Wars lingo. Right. And so this is not one of those books. This, this book is so easy to read, mm-hmm. and it it's, uh, I, I don't want to say it's like too simple necessarily. It's, it's still, mm-hmm. it's still detailed, but like, it's just I, anyone that struggles to read a, a book and, or maybe especially a Star Wars book, I think you could give this one a try. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think of it as kind of more of like how some of the, the young adult novels are, where the young adult novels are normally easier to read. And so I think uh, that this definitely has that. Yeah, for sure, and that's when I well, yeah, I, I when I read what I have read, which I obviously do plan on finishing it, but what I've read it is definitely the same thoughts. Uh, first, first uh, chapter and second chapter. I mean, obviously the whole book's going to be like that, but it's very easy to read and it just draws you in. It kind of sucks you in. Oh yeah, right from the get go. Yeah, right this, from the get go. For me, at least, this story gripped me yeah. right at the beginning. And a lot of books, you know, take their time before you get to the yeah to the big event or really what the story's about. This does not take any time. It just jumps right into into what's right going into on in this story. Yeah, it really and does. And I think it yeah. benefits from that. And, you know, as as soon as that happens, it just keeps going. Like yeah. the whole the whole book deals with this great disaster. Right. The aftermath it deals with the the great disaster itself and the aftermath of the great disaster. Yeah. And um and it's it's it just keeps going. And I what I love is that this is the beginning of a series, and it's been a while since we've had um, these lengthy series of books in Star Wars. You know, we used to get um, we used to get these, you know, like eight bo- books in a series type deals with Star Wars right, once upon a right. time in Legends, but we have not gotten that in canon. The most we've gotten are trilogies, and so the fact that we know this is going on for a while. <laughs> is incredibly exciting and to know we're going to see these characters uh, for a while and they're going to grow and and we're going to see them cross over into other stories and it's just really exciting yeah and i I think that that having this many characters and just my my opinion it, it, it benefits this new line of stories because if if it was like 
you're entering this new era, this new time era, these new things, these new characters, but you're only going to have like a couple books, then people wouldn't get invested. There would be no reason. Yeah. So that leads me to one of my kind of like semi-final questions for the uh, non-spoiler review, and that is, how is the, uh, or excuse me, in your opinion, how has the multiplicity of characters been a help or a hindrance? And you kind of, we kind of already said that, but I had that question written down. Well, it's a, it's a good question, especially for um, the higher public, because again, mm-hmm. it's introducing so many new characters. Mm-hmm. And I will say, starting off, at first I was a little like, okay, oh well, who is this again? Because right. it keeps it keeps right. throwing new names at you consistently through right. this book. Um, and I'll just tell you what helped me is I actually in this and what's awesome is the internet, you know, that people right. have have already created like these graphs of of all the names and pictures if they have a picture mm-hmm. of these characters and then like shows their connections to other characters. Right. And so I actually utilized that a lot as I was reading the book. I'd pull that up on my phone, look at that and be able to say, okay, so this is this character and there are the Padawan to this Jedi master and kind of keep all yeah, that in my head yeah, yeah, as yeah, I went. Yeah. Um, not, not saying that you have to have that. I think that as you read it, you start to understand the right the who's who and the connections they have but yeah. it does help having that uh like that graph in front of you that kind of yeah. <laughs> explains right. it in right. detail right. but I, I will say the relationships here are very interesting um you have you have your typical like jedi master um training a a padawan type deals mm-hmm. but there's some really good relationships there especially with with uh loading great storm and Bell oh Zetafar. yeah far yeah a great relationship there uh I'm, I'm really excited to see how that continues to develop yeah um but you also you get um someone like avar chris who is um arguably maybe the one of the main characters of the high republic right but she she is a jedi master at this point and she she has i'm gonna i don't think that well maybe that is a spoiler maybe i shouldn't say she has a very unique ability (laughs) yeah um, yeah that that is actually kind of reminds me of something from legends okay i think is interesting interesting and she um she has a friend in this named Elzar. Mm-hmm. I think his name's Elzar. <laughs> I'm still like, even now, you know, <laughs> still I'm absorbing still, all the names, still absorbing stuff. all yeah, the yeah. names. I think his name is Elzar and uh, they have a very interesting relationship. Yeah. And I'm also curious to see how that one grows. Yeah. And I'm, again, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but um, I think the way they're building out these characters are, I, I think there's potential that we could see some of these characters go to dark places. Okay. And, Interesting. And yeah. so, you know, I think, you know, we'll see some, some will die. Some will become <laughs> heroes. Some may yeah. become villains. Interesting. Um, Interesting. That's all I'll say, but. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, this is from what I've read and obviously you can confirm that is just that this is, this is a been a really good first installment to get you introduced to this new era this new section of the universe so to speak with in, in time and in place yeah um, absolutely and and, and and like I said, having a lot of characters can seem intimidating at first but i do think it's going to give some legitimacy to the new era like if you only had like one main character and a couple of supporting characters then you wouldn't be able to explore the universe quite like you would with multiple characters and get all the different viewpoints and and how the species that we know and love uh interact with another each other 200 50, 300 years prior to what we're used to. So I think it's been a great first installment. And then so for, the, like I said, my non-spoiler thoughts being, 
it's been it's been really good. I, I I'm I'm excited to finish this. Um, but at this time, I think we're going to go ahead and we're going to turn this over to Drew. Well, for right our right before we go into spoilers, I do want to um, to add. I have finished um, the middle grade novel, mm-hmm. and I'm about halfway through the young adult novel. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I've read the comics now, all the first issues of the comics. All of that being said, I just want to bring it to attention that you don't have to read all of these, at least not yet. I I would say if if you're the kind of person that's like, hey, I just want to read like the main storyline of this, which is right now Light of the Jedi. It is the main story right. of the yeah, High absolutely. Republic. Um, then you can read that and probably be okay with waiting till the next adult novel, which comes out later this year. And you probably probably wouldn't have to read any of these other novels. Sure, these other novels and comics, all these stories will, of course, um, just make it even better. Mm-hmm. But I, I have not found any of them to be essential just yet. Sure. Now we'll see. Yeah. The I'm not finished with the Claudia Gray novel. Maybe my opinion on that will change by the time I'm finished reading it. But as of right now, I think it's just another great uh, supplementary story to, to uh, what this is. But I don't find it essential just yet gotcha so just gotcha. to kind of give okay that out, throw that out there for everybody yeah there's a lot of stuff coming a lot of uh things to, to get ready for you know like so this is a whole publishing series we got comics we got books we got all these kind of things so it's all going to tie in so it's going to be very interesting to see how that all plays out and all works and stuff like that like so so we went through our non-spoiler review and since i have not read it we're going to go ahead and turn this over to drew at this point because he's read it he has uh went all the way through it in, <laughs> in record time and uh it knows it pretty well. So we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to turn it over to him so he can tell us his spoiler review at this time. So go ahead and do that. Okay. We had to um, pause the recording for a moment. Braxton has left the building. He does not want to be spoiled. Um for the high, for the light of the Jedi, and so I'm here by myself. I told him that that would not probably be that interesting or engaging, but he insisted that he does not want to hear spoilers, and so here I am by myself. Um, let's just uh, let's just talk about this for a moment because I would say that Braxton is not going to listen to this because he's afraid to be spoiled. So let's just. Um, Let's just bring out the truth here. Braxton's not ever finishing this book. <laughs> He's never finishing this book. Uh, Braxton does not read books. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and so he's never going to finish this one. So he should have just stayed and, and listened to what I had to say. But um, anyways, he's stubborn. So... Uh, now that that's out of the way, let's talk about it. And what I want to do, more so than just discuss the entire story, you guys, for those of you who are listening to this um, and you have no intentions of reading the story, I would encourage you to go to like Wikipedia, search the High Republic, kind of read up on it there. 
Um, I'm not going to sit here and read through, the, tell you exactly what happens detail by detail for the whole story. What I want to discuss is more about what this means, about what this book means for the rest of the High Republic series. And where we are left at, at the end of The Light of the Jedi. Um, so let's just jump into it here. Um, as you guys know... The big, the big bad or enemies of, of this series is the Nile. And we have Markion Rowe, who is kind of the leader. Markion is what they call the Eye of the Nile. And despite not being, uh, I, technically despite not being the leader of the organization, even though he kind of is, he serves this important role because the key to denial of success and controlling fear in the outer rim is their ability to appear suddenly anywhere and everywhere. And that ability is thanks to Markion and his father before him. They are considered stewards of the paths, which allow the Nile to traverse hyperspace in unique ways. And while everyone else must do so along carefully charted courses, they're able to do things otherwise thought impossible. And Markion provides these paths to the leaders of the Nile, and in exchange, he gets a cut of all their plunder. Um, and he kind of keeps all of this a secret to everyone else on how he's able to do that. Um, what we find out is that Marie Santeca is being is secretly aboard his flagship and has been um, using special medical techniques has been kept as being kept to um, stay alive for as long as possible. So she's, she's outlived her um, normal time span at this point, but because of this pod, that medical pod she's in, they're keeping her alive longer. And somehow she's able to traverse hyperspace um, in her own way, she's able to find these new safe ways to and from virtually anywhere. And I will say when I heard that, when I read that, that immediately made me think of the Chiss Skywalkers, um, that we learn about in Thrawn Ascendancy, where you have, um, these younger, kids that are able to, again, kind of go through these hyperspace lanes, helps guide them along, um, and they call them Skywalkers. And I think that, I think that that is a force ability of some kind. I mean, it, it talks about how when they get older, they start to, um, they start to lose their ability to do that. And so they kind of get phased out of it eventually. And so it's almost like maybe it's a, um, a, some kind of, uh, pure innocence maybe to them that allows them to use this in the force. Um, but anyways, I, I, I've, I find that this is very similar to that. And so I don't know if, if Marie Santeca is also some kind of force user of some kind, and that's how she's able to do this, but we don't know for sure yet exactly how it works, but somehow she's able to do that. And that, and she has been the key for Markion Rowe to be able to achieve, what he has achieved. She is the true um, power behind what he's capable of. And it really has nothing to do with him. Either way, um, 
Marcion, like his father before him, is using Marie to build an archive of paths that he can use toward his real goal, which is revenge. And we don't realize necessarily that it's revenge until the end of the novel. But then we find out that Marcion is uh, is pulling the strings from the from the beginning. Um, ultimately, he ends up uh, putting himself in a position to lead the now completely and totally. So he kind of officially becomes like the leader. And what's also interesting is he also manages to capture the great Jedi Master Loden Greatstorm, which uh, I very much like the character of Loden Greatstorm. And I was very disturbed to find out that he is captured and what that means for the future of the series. Um, but anyways, we find out here that Markeon, um has a history with the Jedi and he hates them a lot. It actually, the novel itself said that um, his family had trusted the Jedi once and it cost them everything. Uh, we don't know what went down between his family and the Jedi, but it has now um, brings a lot of hate and a desire for revenge. We don't get any more connections about it yet, and I'm sure they're saving that for future novels. But this is kind of what we learn about Markeon Rowe in this, in that um, he wants to end the Jedi Order completely. Um, and he he wants, and he's actually, he knew about the Great Disaster. It was him from the get-go that caused the Great Disaster. And so he is definitely a character to be feared at this point. But one thing I would like to say is the Nile themselves, I don't find them that intimidating. Um, if you just, let's say you have three Nile soldiers against a Jedi, I don't think they really stand a chance. And so I'm curious how the future of the series will, will uh, battle that because they're just a, a single Nile is nothing in comparison to a Jedi. And, I think uh, they have some interesting tools that potentially could could um, disrupt that. Like uh, they have this gas they use that could cause problems. But but I think uh, I think other than Markion Rowe is is definitely the the one to be feared the most. Um, but when you look at these enemies versus like a Sith, they don't seem near as intimidating. And I'm just. We'll see how that plays out, but I'm curious what you guys think about about the Nile. Maybe I'm missing something here, but to me, I just don't think they're as intimidating as an enemy as as like the Sith are. But um, moving on from that, we also we also um, hear about this this tool that he has. Um, it's it's a rod that fits. In, in Mark Yon's hand and it has this purplish glow to it and it's carved with strange symbols um, like fire and screaming faces you know just stuff like that <laughs> but we're not really sure exactly what it is but it does have something to do with with his um, past and with the Jedi and he believes it's a key to handling the Jedi in some way and we also know at the end of this story, Elzar Man, which is um, Avar Chris's very good friend, he has this vision. And in this vision, he sees Jedi mutilated and killed 
while fighting against awful things that lived in the dark. Things that lived in the deep is what it says. I think the Nile is just the beginning. I think we are going to see an even greater enemy. Um, and maybe the Nile will use these enemies, control these enemies, but there's going to be um, an actual fight for the Jedi. And we know there's these uh, plant monster things uh, that did not appear in Light of the Jedi, but maybe that's what this is referring to. Um, there, I am not through Into the Dark just yet. I'm not all the way through it. But there's been some hints that maybe maybe we're going to see potentially those enemies in that novel, which then might carry into how they become a bigger part of the entire series in the High Republic. Um, but I wonder if maybe this purplish glowing thing he has might have the ability to control them or something of that nature. One thing is for, for certain, all of this... Um, somehow the dark side is going to be involved and we know we already know that like um well i won't say that just yet because that might be a spoiler for into the dark but there I, I do think there is some dark side elements involved in this and um elzar's vision was very interesting and and sounds very very dark and the high republic even though there's a the great disaster stays pretty high-spirited there's a lot of high spirits in it, and um, I'm curious to see if if this is the story of the downfall of the Jedi. I think that it is. I think we are going to see um, this story get darker and darker as it goes, and I don't think it can end too pretty. I mean, yes, in the end, the Jedi have to win. We know they're okay come uh, the times of the prequels, but things are a lot different, and... I think we're going to see a lot of change happen. So with that being said, uh, it's, it, if you look at Elzar and Avar, Chris, um, they have a very unique relationship. They've been friends for a long time, but there's, there's more there. They're actually thinking about maybe there's a life with them together where they're in a relationship. And we know that that's not um, something the Jedi normally approve of. Um, but it seems like maybe it's something that is more possible during the High Republic era. And that also makes me wonder if maybe it's a relationship in this story that causes things to get even worse, which then makes them double down on the idea of no relationships come the time of the prequels. Um, and maybe it's this relationship between Avar Chris and Elzar Mann. Maybe something goes down there that, that causes um, something bad to happen. I don't know. Um, I think we're definitely going to see more of that relationship and where it goes as, as this story progresses because they hint at it quite a bit. Um, and my other question would be is what Loden great storm is being used for uh he he definitely has a purpose for keeping loading great storm maybe it's just as bait uh, but maybe it's something more and i wonder i wonder if what 
if he has a way to maybe corrupt Loden in some in some way, maybe this purple thing he's got can can corrupt um, a Jedi or something. And and if Loden Greatstorm were to be, essentially become this this Sith, uh, that could be very very bad because um, he seems to be quite the powerful Jedi. And um, yeah, I don't know. I I think there's. What I love about this novel is there is a lot of mystery. There's a lot of mystery um, left to be discovered. And it has me excited for the future of the series. There's there's just so much to it. I, I so wish Braxton was done so we could kind of go back and forth on this. Because I'm curious what his thoughts would be um, at, the, at the end of this and what it means. But I definitely think that... I definitely think that eventually we're headed to some kind of Sith connection. I just think somehow, some way, they there's a Sith connection here. And as we know, the Sith are in hiding, and and um, but the, the, there's got to be something. And you have to think this could potentially uh, involve Plagueis. Um. Maybe Plagueis' master? Who knows for sure? But I would love to see Plagueis somehow involved in this. And the Sith being behind some of this would be would just be really cool. And so again, I'd be interested in what your guys' thoughts are on that. Are the Sith going to be involved in this story? I hope they are. I hope that I hope that they're involved in some way. Um, just a couple of little things to throw in there as well. I loved the battle meditation uh, that we get, and basically, of our Chris kind of connects to all the Jedi, and that helps them all sense each other and and communicate with each other through the Force. And, and to me, it's very much like battle meditation from Knights Old Republic, which Bastila Shan um, used and was it was known for. So I think that's cool that they've kind of brought that back in a new way. And um, and now um, Avar Chris kind of does that. So that was really cool. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that I really wanted to point out. Um, it is cool that Santeca is um, the Santeca family is a part of this. As you guys know, Laura Santeca for, is is the older man at the beginning of The Force Awakens who gets killed by Kylo Ren. Um, this is his family that is in this. So like uh, when I say Marie Santeca, she is, is you know, uh, in relation to, to Laura Santeca. And so that's kind of neat. Um, that they that there there's that connection there from the sequel trilogy all the way back into the High Republic, and um, you know Yoda's in this, which is great. But we also get Yarel Poof and I don't even know if I'm saying his names right. Uh, Opo Rancis, which is uh, they're both um, on the Jedi Council in the prequels, and uh, they are on the Council in the High Republic as well. There's actually um, you know, in, in the prequels, you have Yoda as the as the Jedi Grand Master um, on 
In this, there's actually three of them. So there's, and then the rest of the council. So that's interesting. And I'm curious why they change it to one and maybe we'll find out. But again, there's just, uh, there's, a, there's just so much left to be discovered. But I love the, what they have left us with. And I love knowing um, that there's still so much to, to uncover. It's, it's nice having a story that we don't know the ending to. We don't know what happens to these characters. We don't know um, what these characters are going to go through. And it's just exciting to be in that because mostly in canon, uh, most of the canon we've been reading of, of novels have, we already know the outcome for the characters. And and you can still tell a good story within that, but like it gets kind of old because we know what happens to them. And so that's what's so great about this is, is they're just, it's all so new. And I, I think uh, you have to remember we're getting the Acolyte, which is set at the very end of the high republic and i i don't know if if the acolyte will end up being like the end of the high republic series in a sense it's like you know you have all this content and then the acolyte like kind of finishes it all up or if maybe the stories really truly aren't connected hardly at all and so they kind of run their own separate things maybe the high republic will continue on past uh the acolyte even though it hasn't reached the acolyte timeline, if that makes sense. Uh, so that that's something we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm very, very excited, and I I loved this book. If if you're not, if if you haven't read it, but you decided just to listen to this anyways, I would still consider maybe grabbing it and reading it. If you guys are listening to this, then you like Star Wars, and if you like Star Wars. I think there's something in here for you for the, in this book and in this series overall. I think um, that it's not something that's going to just go away. I think the High Republic is going to remain an important part of Star Wars for a long time to come. And so I would recommend you grab this book if you haven't yet. Give it a try. And if you just cannot read it, do an audiobook and listen to it instead. Um, I honestly... That's what Braxton should have done, but he didn't. He, I guess, he's trying to be some sophisticated reader. Uh, I don't know. He's he's got a big head sometimes. <laughs> I'm kidding, sort of. But uh, he uh, he refuses to do that. But for those of you who know you can't read through an entire book, just go ahead, give it up. It's okay. It's okay that you're not a reader. There's nothing wrong with that. Go grab the audio book. And really just get to enjoy the story, enjoy what this, uh, this series is about. And so that way we can all be in on this together, be on this journey together and see where it goes. And with that being said, I think that is really all I have to say about it. Um, again, like it's, it's such a great series and I, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I hope you guys will will be a part of it hopefully um that when we go to review the next big uh high republic novel the adult novel that comes out later this year hopefully either braxton uh can can catch up or maybe i can get somebody else on here that has so we can kind of have more back-to-back discussion on it and bring some different opinions in there 
But um, until then, I hope you guys at least enjoyed hearing what I had to say on it. And I'm sure I'm missing all kinds of stuff, but that's just kind of what, what I had on my mind. Uh, more than anything, it's just about the future of this and what these things are going to lead to and what happens to Load and Great Storm and, and what is Markion Rose overall big plan. Are the Sith involved? You know, um, um, how many of these Jedi are, are going to make it through this? You know, what happens to the Jedi at the end of this? Are the Jedi going to remain heroes or are they going to go to a very low place? Are some of these Jedi going to go to the dark side? These are the kind of questions I have, and I'm really excited to see where it all goes. But we want to thank you all so much for the continued uh, support towards the podcast. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for weekly news, polls, discussions, and more. Go ahead, check out our merch store. Um, you can find the link to that in our link tree and on our Facebook. Um, also, uh, you can give us money um, <laughs> through GoFundMe. We have a link to that on Facebook as well. We would love for your support there uh, so we can get a better camera and look that much better for you guys. But please also follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. We thank you for listening and join us next week. But until next time, may the Force be with you. And we thank you for joining the Jedi Eternal. Thank you.